Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. Everybody's going to heaven in a Honda because they all went in one accord, amen, And uh, but that's not what it means, but it's fascinating what this particular scripture means. The, the word that is used uh, in the Greek is homothumadon, that is a, a compound of a couple of words, and it means to be all together with one mind, with one accord. And with one passion. And so there's a concept that is being, that is here. There's one mind, there's one accord, there is one passion. And, uh, and so, and the interesting thing is the word that is used from this is a word called thumos, which means to be breathing hard with indignation, with fierceness, and with wrath. And so what you, what you find here is that when the, when the church or the people on the day of Pentecost came together, there were 120 of them, and they were passionately in one accord. They were passionately in unity. I feel that something needs to happen with the church as we move into this new year. And it's not just about moving into a new year. And there's, I, I mentioned, and sorry for making excuses. You know where we are. Um, we've got, I know we need to pray for Brother uh, brother Gerald. They're all in Phoenix. He's having a procedure. Uh, brother CJ is off in Tucson. Sister Anna is sick. Brother Soto has been dealing with sickness. We need to pray for Brother Jacob. Amen. We need to pray for a lot of people that need a touch. There's a lot of other people that are not here right now, and so um, uh, we need to pray for them. But I, I want to say this, that I believe that the church needs to come together in unity. Amen. There's a, there, you know, I, I would like to preach it to the whole church, but the whole church is off gone somewhere doing things, being places. Brother Michael, it's good to see you. Amen. And, and, and uh, I'd like to be able to preach it to the whole church, but there we are. Amen. But uh, I will say this, that I believe that God is calling this church to a place of passionate unity. I don't believe that we can have the revival that God wants to give us. <clears throat> and I believe that God is calling and about to bring tremendous revival on this church. In just the last few days uh, and the last few weeks, there have been tremendous doors that have opened uh, there are Bible studies that are being taught uh, and, and openings for Bible studies that have come up. There are people that are hungry for God, that are interested in, in coming to the Lord. And, and I believe that God is about to do something great in this church. Amen. There's a family that my wife and I will be starting a Bible study with 
probably on Monday. We were supposed to do it last uh, Monday, uh, but because there was a they had, there was a COVID scare, they weren't able to do it. I'm so sick and tired of COVID. I'm not scared of COVID anymore. Amen. But uh, but I'm so tired of it because it keeps cropping up and 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 spooking people. Amen. And uh, and because we weren't able to do it, there's a lady that I've, I I was able to get in contact through a Thanksgiving uh, giveaway that wants a Bible study and. Uh, the only problem is that her phone has been in and out. I've been in contact with her. I was able to contact her on Sunday, and then today her, her phone wasn't working, and I was, we're trying to get this Bible study going. There's another Bible study that me and my wife have been teaching that we're going to be continuing on. And these are all openings and doors that are opening up. God's opening different things, and there's a lot of people. Uh, brother, uh, the, the Garcias are teaching a Bible study. Um, the Kings will be going with, with us on one of our Bible studies, I'm going to be helping them to learn how to teach Bible studies. If you want Bible studies and want to teach Bible studies, God will give you the opportunity. Amen. There's been there's been good things happening. We've had uh, one get the Holy Ghost uh, recently, and God is moving. Good things happening in the church. I'm excited about that. Feel like something's about about to break forth, and uh, and I feel that what needs to happen is to see that happen is a passionate unity. They were in one accord, which means they were in passionate unity. The Bible says this in, in uh, 2 Chronicles, the 5th chapter and the 7th verse, And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant unto the Lord, unto his place, to the oracle of the house, into the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubim. I didn't bother to put my thing on today, but I guess I'll just use this mic. For the cherubim spread forth their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above. And they drew out the stave of the ark, that the ends of the staves were not seen before the ark, from the ark before the oracle, but they were not, or were seen, but they were not seen without. And there it is unto this day. And there was nothing in the ark. This is later on, whenever they are, they are, are getting ready to do the, uh, the, the, the temple of Solomon. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables which Moses put there in Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And this is interesting because at one time in the ark, uh, there was the tables of stone. There was the pot of manna, and there was Aaron's bud that rotted. Aaron's rod that budded. My goodness, Brother Josh, I, you caught that immediately. Aaron's rod that budded. Amen. That's a good one. You guys will not forget that one. Amen. Whenever everybody else gets back on Sunday, y'all can say, you know what Pastor Keys did? <laughs> And it will go into history. Amen. One time I was taking up an offering, and I said, well, now we're coming to the most important part. The important part. <laughs> Nobody forget that for a while either. But there was Aaron's rod that budded, and there was the pot of manna that was there, and there was the tables of stone. Nobody knows what happens to happen to Aaron's rod that budded or the pot of manna. But the Bible says by the time it got to the dedication of the temple, all that was left there 
was the tables of stone, which to be perfectly honest with you, that was the most important part of the most important part, whichever way you want to say it, most important part, and that was simply the Word of God. Amen. That was simply the Word of God. Sometimes it's just the basics. Amen. In this case, it was just the Word of God. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified, and, then, and did not then wait by course. And this is another fascinating thing. Most of the time, the priests would come out at different times, but in this situation, they all came out at one time. They came out together. Everyone was in attendance, and everyone was sanctified. Here's what's powerful. When the church, and you can turn that to about 69 or 70 because it's getting warm. When the church, when the church comes out together, sanctified and, and, and in attendance, good things begin to happen. Amen. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph. Now let me back up a little bit. We're talking about whenever the ark was brought in and the tabernacle or the temple was being uh, was being they, they were doing their uh, dedication of the temple, and they were all coming out there. They had the ark there. They had the priests coming out. They all came out together. Everyone was sanctified. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them, Asaph of Heman of Jeduthun, the sons and the brethren being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Uh, note the white linen. This is interesting. They all came out in white linen. Every one of them were white linen. What did that mean? They came out together in unity, but also in holiness. Because the scripture tells us in Revelation 19 and 8, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Speaking of the church, clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And so they came out of there. They were holy. They were united. Uh, and it came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard. And I'm going to say this again. It came to pass even as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice uh, with the cymbals and instruments uh, of music and praised the Lord. Uh, what happened was the singers came together. The musicians came together. The priests came together. Everybody came together. They came out as one. Amen. They came out in unity. I am grateful that this church has found a place of unity. There was a time when we had those that were not in unity. They're gone. But we're here, and God's here. Amen. And the church is drawing together in unity, and it's making a stand that this is what we are going to be. They came out. They praised. They worshiped. They played their music. They lifted their voice. They lifted up the trumpets and cymbals, and they praised the Lord. There's nothing like passionate, holy, and united praise. Saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they did that, and this is what is so important, when they all came out, they all came out not by course, 
What that means is they didn't all come out at different times. They all came out together. They all came out in one accord. They all came out with one voice. Their music was together. I'm going to tell you all something. It's all right to have good music. Some people tell you oh, it doesn't matter. It does matter. The Bible says to play skillfully. Amen. They come out working together. Doesn't have to be perfect. But it's a good idea to try to make it sound pretty good, you know. Amen. We had a lady one time years ago, fortunately, you couldn't hear very well. She had a good, uh, what, such a sweet spirit. She uh, played the piano in a church that we, we pastored in California. She was the sweetest lady. I'm going to tell you something about that lady. She was loyal and she was faithful. She, she was not real sure where her head was most of the time, but she was loyal and she was faithful. One time she made a statement. She, did, she said, I know what Brother Keys is not doing. She said, I know what Pastor Keys is not trying to say. And I thought, I'm not sure what Pastor Keys is not trying to say. <laughs> she was a sweetheart. But she played the piano. You couldn't hear her very good. But she played the piano. And I'm going to tell you all, when she hit the right key, it was strictly by accident. But she loved the Lord. And she did what she did unto the Lord. And I loved that. Amen. But it's all right to learn how to play good. Amen. It's all right to get to, to, to play skillfully. That, that, that glorifies God when you do something like that. It's all right to sing good. It glorifies God. That's all right. But it's nothing. But what really works is when you come together in passionate, unified, holy, righteous praise. Amen. When the church begins to do that, they said, the Lord is good, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to do that, when they came out, like I said, they were together. They were in one accord. They were passionate. They were happy about what they were doing. They wanted to see the Lord move. When they did that, the Bible says that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Yeah, well, I can see that happening in a big, big church where there's thousands of people. Because I saw a deal one time at Papua New Guinea where there was 3,000 people got the Holy Ghost in a few minutes. Uh, amen. And, and there I could see the cloud, glory cloud that came down. All oh, that's wonderful. But I'm going to tell you what, we're two or three gathered together in his name. There am I in the midst of them. Uh, and I have seen the presence uh, and the power of God uh, fall upon churches big and small because there was a passionate hunger for God. Brother Pugh, I've told the story about it. Brother Pugh, he, when he was a kid, he went to a very small church in the hills of, uh, 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 in the hill country, I believe it was, of Texas. Just a, a little church. Very small. I, I don't know if any of y'all have ever been to some of those churches in Texas, but I've preached at them. I met my wife at one of those small churches in Texas in a very small town. Uh, there are two things the town is, is known for. Somebody was born there who sings. He's a country singer. I don't know if it was Waylon Jennings or was it Waylon Jennings? I think Waylon Jennings was born in that little town of Littlefield. And a piece of the Challenger shuttle fell up there whenever it blew up. So that's about the only things the town is known for. Uh, but I met my wife there, so it's a good place. Amen. 
And uh, but you go to those little towns in Texas. Some of those churches are not much of anything. Amen. They're just they they. But but the power of the Lord moved at this little church that Brother P went to. He said he would go in there. They would have church on in the morning, uh, and then they would go eat some, and uh, and they would they would go in the woods behind the church, uh, and they would pray during the afternoon and come back to church. Uh, he said in that little church. He said there were times uh, when you would sit on one. You would be at the altar on one end of the church and you could not see the other side of the church because of the glory cloud. This is what happens when the church of the living God comes together. It begins to pray. It begins to worship. It begins to seek God. God begins to move. You want to see your family saved. Begin to worship and pray and seek God in unity and with passion and the power of God will fall. You want to see your community touched by the power of God. Come together in unity and pray and worship in one accord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Exodus, the Bible says, Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet thereof. Notice they got right with God before they came. They washed. They went into the tent of the congregation. When they came near to the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle. The altar set up the hangings. And then a, and so Moses finished work. And then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Amen. Not only do we have to come with passionate, amen, uh, unified praise, but, but repentant and holy praise. Amen. I mentioned this the other day at our men's breakfast in Benson, and, and it's something that has been on my mind. And it is the, it, it, I was talking about James, the fifth chapter, and how it speaks about if there be any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. And uh, if there, if there, and if there's any, I, I forget the exact quotation. In fact, I'm going to read it real quickly. Um, I, I'm terrible at quoting. Sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't. Worth beans, but uh, uh, if there, if there be any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is there any merry? Let him sing psalms. If any, there be any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he hath committed sins they shall be forgiven him and and then it says confess your faults one to another and pray one another for one another that you may be healed and and what you're finding here is that there is a connection between healing and repentance there's a connection between healing and repentance and I see lots and lots, of, and I, I said something, I said, you know, sometimes these guys get these prayer lines, and then we had a prayer line. <laughs> and sometimes they get these prayer lines, people come and they don't expect to, to they, 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 don't, they don't repent, they don't do anything like that, they just want God. Sometimes people think God's a big sugar daddy that hands out stuff, whether you're good or you're bad. Amen. And, and it's just like, God, give me money, give me healing, give me this, this, this and I'm going to go live my life. But here we find out that there is a connection that is made between healing and repentance. Uh, confess your sins. Confess your sins. Uh, here it is, uh, your faults one to another. What's that mean? Make things right. 
and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Well, what are you talking about? Because if there's aught between you and your brother, or there's aught with God, or there's a problem, how is God going to heal you if you don't get that taken care of? Amen. And so what we do sometimes, we come to the Lord with unrepented sin in our life, with rebellion, with, with strife, uh, with issues, uh, with carnality, and we're dealing with sickness, uh, and we're like, God, I need healing. And God is saying, get right, and I'll heal you. I mentioned this the other day, that God is sovereign. Sometimes God just heals, because God wants to heal. I've seen people who are as just rank sinners healed. I'm going to tell you something about that situation, though. I've seen great, great miracles happen to people out of the mercy of God. I've seen them walk up and God heal them. And I've seen them walk out of the church and not come back. And there was one time when the scripture says, Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Amen. And that happens. So there's that, there's that need there. There is the desperate need that whenever we come before the Lord, we want God to do something, we want the power of God to move, that we have made sure that everything was right. You're thinking, we thought since we weren't doing the lessons tonight, it'd be shorter, and here goes Pastor, he's getting into it. I'm not going to be much longer. Amen. They washed before they approached God. And when you come together, when the church comes together, unity with repentance, with passion, Things begin to happen. I'm going to read some scriptures. Acts 1 and 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. First scripture, they're one accord and one prayer uh, in prayer and supplication. And the Holy Ghost falls upon them. The second scripture, revival hits the church. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And Acts 4, and being let go, talking about Peter and John. They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Here's what happened. First, first scripture happened right before the day of Pentecost. And you saw what happened there. Second scripture happened after the day of Pentecost. And thousands came to the Lord. Third verses in the fourth chapter tells us that they were persecuted by, by the, the Sanhedrin. And when they were let go, they went to their people. And they said, we be, they began to pray. And, uh, and, and when they began to do that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they assembled together and they were filled, all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake, spake the word of God with boldness. Then we jump into the, the fifth chapter of Acts and by the hands of the apostle were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And this is important. 
They all came together. I mean, tell you, there were things happening. 5,000 got the Holy Ghost, 3,000 got the Holy Ghost. There was a great revival going through the, through the, through the city of Jerusalem. People were being healed. They all came together. They began to have, they, they began to have church. They all got together at Solomon's porch. They began to have church at Solomon's porch. It was a big area. They got all together and have church. Amen. Bunch of them, lots of people coming together and having church. It was like camp meeting every night, every day, all the time. And the Bible says that while they're having this revival and they're having church, that the rest, durst no man join himself to death. What's that mean? Sometimes King James has funny words. What's durst mean? Well, we'll just move along from there. But no, it means this, that there were those that looked at it and said, we don't want to have any part of that. Here is something about passionate unity and passionate revival. It winnows out the casual followers, the fakers and the charlatans. When you begin to have a move of God, the people who really aren't interested, you'll watch it. I've seen it happen many times. Revival sweep through the church. God begins to move. There's a few people, they got it all together. It seems like, whoo, and then before you know it, where'd they go? They really weren't into it that much. They weren't ready to give their all. They walked away. We see this a lot of times. It happens. It's just the way it happens. The Bible says the, the seed is thrown upon the ground, and uh, and and there it falls upon uh, barren ground. It pa- falls upon the rocks. It falls upon the in the weeds or the thorns, and it falls upon good ground. And the revival began to move, and there was. There was seed that fell on the wayside, and they did not join themselves to them. But it says this, even though the casual followers, the fakers, and the charlatans were gone, the believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. This is what happens when the church begins to bind together in unity and begins to worship together in unity. That is, has a foundation of repentance and holiness and with an absolute passion. This is why it's so important that when we come to church, we worship with everything that is within us. When we serve the Lord outside of the building, you are still the church. And you worship the Lord with everything that is in you. You serve the Lord. Amen. The church, of course, is more than this building. It is the body of Christ. And you need to act like the body of Christ, whether you're sitting in the seats here or you're driving down the road or wherever you are. We have that unity. Let's stand and worship the Lord. I love you, Jesus. God, you are so worthy. Lord, we worship you, Lord. Let's love him. I bless.